Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. This is Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. This podcast episode on biblical archaeology is one that you may prefer watching on video because it has pictures of the artifacts we discuss. To access it on video, go to beyondordinarywomen.org, click on resources on the menu, drop down to church issues, and click. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I am so happy to be here today with Angela Everett. Angela, and I've been talking for months about this, and I've been so excited about doing this with her because we're going to talk about the value of biblical archaeology. And I know very little about archaeology, but I'm so thankful that God has sent us an expert to talk to us. So welcome, Angela. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you, Kay. I am so excited. I think we've been talking about this for nine months, and the day's finally here. So yes, I'm very excited to be here. Well, we'll have a full bio on our website uh, so you can get to know Angela, but I'm, I will tell you that she has a master's in archaeology and biblical history, and she is working on her PhD currently in that field. So she knows a lot about it, and she has normally, she told me that normally in February she can't do this because we weren't planning to do this in February because she's normally in Jordan on an archaeological dig in February, but because of COVID and what that means with travel, she was unable to go, and I know she's really disappointed, but we are so happy that she's been able to join us today to talk. Angela, tell us just a little bit about yourself. How did you get interested in archaeology? Well, archaeology for me has always been um, a dream but kind of a pipe dream, something I thought would be so cool to do, but I didn't think it was ever possible. Um, I got married young, started having kids at 19, and then I had six of them. <laughs> and so for the past 29 years, I've been homeschooling kids and taking care of kids, and then grandkids came. And so I, my life has been very full of family. But when my youngest got older, uh, I decided to go back and finish my bachelor's. And after I was done with that, which didn't happen till my 40s, I was like, I want to go on for my master's. But I was struggling in what to do. I was only interested in the Bible. And so I'm talking it out with my husband. And I said, I, I want to do something biblical related. Well, and, and kind of archaeology too. I said, but that's just not possible. And he said, he said, why? Why is it not possible? I'm like, because we have responsibilities and kids and money. And how would we do that? And he said, if this is your passion and this is what you want to do with the rest of your life, then let's do this. So fast forward five years later, and God has made a pipe dream a reality for me. And I'm just excited to see where the Lord leads. And I just want to spend the rest of my life telling people that you can literally dig up faith. You can hold things and touch things that verify the Bible. So that's where I am. Yeah, don't we thank God for supportive husbands? Oh, my word, yes. Anyway, yeah, 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, in this first video uh, of the series, we are going to talk about really why archaeology is important. And you just touched on that. You can hold faith in your hands. You can see things that verify what we read in the Bible. So go ahead and tell us more about that, Angela. Well, I'd like to share three artifacts today, three discoveries, um, two of which are related. And we will start with Hezekiah's tunnel and the Siloam inscription. These two artifacts both deal with King Hezekiah, who we all know was the king in Judah in 715 to 686 BC. Okay, so 2 Kings 2020 records, as for the events of Hezekiah's reign, all his achievements, and that he made a pool and he made a tunnel and brought water into the city. Are they not recorded in the annals and on and on? Okay, so that's the biblical record. Hezekiah did three things. Okay, well, doing exploratory uh, excavations in 1838, Edwin Robinson discovered Hezekiah's tunnel. And so if you wanna read real harrowing, like Indiana Jones type stuff, read Robinson's account of going through Hezekiah's tunnel in our modern era. He, it was all silted in. He had to go through on his belly sometimes with a candle, trying to, make, you know, scribble notes. I have walked Hezekiah's Tunnel a couple of years ago. And for someone who is highly claustrophobic, it was very hard for me to get through there. It still has water flowing today. I can't imagine being Robinson in 1838. Well, 2 Chronicles 32 records that Hezekiah did all this for the impending Assyrian attack by King Sennacherib. And part of those preparations, the Bible tells us, was that he covered up the mouth of the Gihon Spring, which was the, the water supply for Jerusalem. He constructed a tunnel underneath the city wall and constructed the Pool of Siloam to be the depository for the water. Okay, Bible records all that. Well, we have found all that. And on top of Hezekiah's tunnel, about 50 years later, some Israeli kids were playing in the mouth of the tunnel and found an inscription on the wall, inscribed on the wall. We call it the Siloam inscription, okay? And it records, surely one of Hezekiah's people put it in the wall, exactly what happened, okay? It, it, it says, this is the story of the tunnel. It says, axe against axe, and, and then the water flowed 1,200 cubics from the source of the water to the pool. So we have two, Hezekiah's tunnel and a slow inscription telling us, verifying for us, tangible evidence that what the Bible says Hezekiah did, he actually did. So that that's why biblical archaeology is, is exciting to me. Well, that is exciting. I mean, that's really amazing, isn't it? That it's yes, still it is there, to me. it still has water in it. Yes. I mean, that is really exciting. I've been to Jerusalem, but I didn't go to the tunnels. So I probably yeah. would have been claustrophobic just like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. But I have one other um, thing I'd like to share with you. It's called the Gospel of John P52. That's what scholars call it. Okay, this, this Gospel of John P52 is a little fragment it's a papyrus manuscript written in Greek. It was purchased in Egypt in 1920 by a man named Grenfell, but it wasn't translated until about 1934. And they discovered in 1934 that this was actually from the Gospel of John, 
a chapter 18, two verses on one side, two verses on the other. So why is this little tiny manuscript important? Because it is the earliest New Testament manuscript yet discovered. It dates to about 125 to 175 AD. And it, so it was written about 100, 150 years after the original. And this is important because so many people argue, oh, the Bible is just written by men. Okay, well, yes, in a sense it was. But, but the Bible always comes under question about its historicity, its veracity, its authenticity. But other ancient manuscripts don't come under that type of scrutiny. I'd like you to see how other ancient manuscripts uh, compare to the Bible. So we have lots of ancient manuscripts like Homer's Iliad. Um, we have six, 643 copies of Homer's Iliad. We, ha we have only five copies of Aristotle's uh, ethics and other works. Uh, 20 copies of historian Tacitus, his Annals of Imperial Rome. We only have a few copies of some of these ancient manuscripts, and we never question their authenticity. We have over 20,000 copies of ancient manuscripts that are biblical text. 20,000 copies. No other ancient source even comes close to that. The Bible is the most well-documented ancient source that we have by far. And it also takes first place for the shortest gap between when the original was written and when the first copy was written. And the Gospel of John P52 is that price because it was written around 100 years or so after the original. So, so why is, is this little manuscript important? Because it's just one tiny example of the thousands upon thousands of ancient manuscripts that we have far surpassing all other ancient documents. So that, this is tangible evidence. This is things that we can touch and feel and see that, that promote the Bible's historicity. And that's why I'm just in love with biblical archaeology. Well, I totally understand that. Let me be sure that we have this right so that everybody understands it. The fragment that was found wasn't when it was written. That's when it, the copy was made. Correct? When the yeah. Right. It is, the, it is the first copy of any part of any of the Gospels that we have. It's the yes. very oldest little piece. Yes. It was a copy of the original manuscript that John wrote. That's and, correct. And so, and so all these other thousands are also copies mm -hmm. that were made of copies that were made. And mm -hmm. so it was, mm -hmm. it was through the years and to have so many that are alike shows mm -hmm. that there was an original behind it. Am I, am I saying that correctly? You are absolutely saying that correctly. Yes, and all these ancient biblical manuscripts agree. Yes, yes. So yes, you are. Great. Well, that's really exciting. Do you want to add anything to that just as far as why it's so important? It's important because if we can see with physical evidence that we can trust our Bible, then that leads us directly to be able to trust the God of our Bible. And that is why biblical archaeology is important, because God is trustworthy, and he actually gives us physical evidence to show us that he's trustworthy. That's great, and that's a great way to end. 
But that's not the end. We're going to do two more videos. And then the next one, Angela is going to get more into some significant discoveries from the Old Testament besides this fragment of the Gospel of John. There are some other really great discoveries, and I know you won't want to miss this conversation. So thank you, Angela, and we'll see everybody else in the next video. Thank you, Kay. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.